Hello everyone and welcome to the PJB Sports Pod. Hello everyone and welcome back. I'm excited to be back this time. We are talking about the upcoming UFC pay-per-view, the UFC 276 Adesanya versus Karen Karen How was Kananir the hardest name to pronounce on that with Adesanya being right next to it? Anyways, all right. Um, so this this card is pretty decent. I'm gonna have to say, we got two title fights on the main card. We got Israel Adesanya, the last style bender, versus Jared the Co the Killer Gorilla Cannoneer. I am really sorry, Jared Cannoneer. Please don't murder me for mispronouncing your name and nickname. Those two will be fighting for the UFC middleweight championship. Adesanya is undefeated at middleweight, with his only MMA loss coming at the hands of Jan Wachowicz at light heavyweight. He's coming off of wins over Robert Whitaker and Marvin Vittori in his last two title defenses, and now facing Jared Cannonier. Cannonier's coming off of a TKO win over Derek Brunson and a unanimous decision win over Kelvin Gastelum. Cannonier is one that likes to bring the fight to you, so... I expect him to give Israel Adesanya all he can handle, which I will allude to later. I think is going to lead to a finish of one of those two. My key stat in this fight that I've looked into is Cannoneer is 50% on his takedown accuracy, but he averages less than one takedown every four fights. But I think that since he once fought at light heavyweight, he's going to come in a little bigger than Adesanya here for this middleweight clash on fight night. I think if he can use that advantage in size and takedown, you all saw how bad Israel Adesanya struggled to get back to his feet against Wachowicz. But he also did get up pretty decently against Marvin Vittori at middleweight. So I'm kind of interested to see what he can do against someone that's kind of in between those two sizes. Someone that used to be a light heavyweight and someone who is now a middleweight. Kind of interested to see if he can get him to the ground for one and two. Once he gets him there, what can he do with him? The co-main event on this card is Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway. Three, baby, for the featherweight championship. Now here's me, Preston, PJB, PJ, P, whatever you want to call me, dude, man, guy who talks too much. My personal opinion on their second fight. Okay, so we'll go in chronological order. It's easier. First fight, I definitely think Volkanovski won. Holloway didn't come on until rounds four and five really to start making a challenge. Even then, Volk pretty well defended everything that he threw at him. Second fight, I thought Holloway did enough to win it 3-2. But, I mean, he, he scored a knockdown. He basically controlled the first three, three and a half rounds of that fight. Volkanovski kind of turned it up, but did he really do enough to, I don't, I don't think he did enough to win the whole fight. Even he was shocked. If you look back, when he, when he heard his name get called out, and still, he instantly screamed through both hands up in the air and started shaking. He's so excited. I don't think you're that excited if you know you won and feel like you won. Volkanovski has looked incredible the last two title offenses since he last fought Holloway. He's defeated Brian Ortega by unanimous decision, which everyone has probably seen by now. Ortega had him deep in a guillotine and 
deep in a triangle choke, and Volkanovski managed to get out of both of those, survive and win by unanimous decision. And he also defeated the Korean Zombie by TKO in a fight where I, watching that thing live, thought that the Korean Zombie, well, baby, he was lucky to get out of there. They could have stopped that fight at the end of the third round and been fine, and it went to the fourth round, and whew, they could have stopped that fight way earlier. He he made the Korean Zombie look like he was, it was an amateur hour. He just tossed someone in the octagon and said, bring it. Holloway fought Calvin Cater and Yair Rodriguez since losing to Volkanovski and defeated both by an unanimous decision and both times dismantled the opponent with the boxing. Calvin Cater fight, he literally looked at the commentary booth and yelled, I'm the best boxer in the UFC, while dodging Calvin Cater throwing punches at him. If that doesn't say everything you need to know about Max Holloway's attitude since that last fight, that's just go watch that fight, honestly. That'll tell you all you need to know. My key stat in this fight is that Holloway is five inches taller, but Volkanovski has a two and a half inch reach advantage. It kind of works backwards, though, because Volkanovski is the more likely of the two to want to wrestle, where Holloway wants to stand and trade all night long, and he has superb takedown defense. You hardly ever see Holloway go down, and when you do, he's usually pretty quick to get right back up to his feet and start beating on you again. Next fight we got on the main card, or fight number three. I, don't, I shouldn't say next because this fight is coming before the first two, sorry. Before the title fights, we got Alex Pereira versus Sean Strickland. Now, Pereira is famous for knocking out Adesanya and defeating him once more by unanimous decision in the kickboxing department. He's also on a five-fight win streak in MMA. Only two fights in the UFC, though. One being a knockout over... I am going to butcher this because I'm not Greek. I'm going to give it my best shot. <clears throat> Andreas Mikaliadis. Mikaliadis. And a decision went over much simpler to say Bruno Silva. Strick, Strickland. Oh, Jesus. I'm having a rough one today, guys. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not cutting this one. You're going to see me struggle today. Strickland is a guy that's known for having no filter and beat guys up by any means necessary. I mean, this. I love Sean Strickland personally. If you haven't seen his press conferences or interviews, you need to look them up. He one time discussed his private sizes with John Morgan, one of the, the first guy at every UFC press conference, John Morgan. He discussed his private sizes with him, saying when he makes weight, his, you know what, grows by at least an inch, and that it's not big, so that one inch really helps him. I hope that's not enough to get me reported, but I just had to say it. Strickland is on a six-fight win streak, though. Most recent victories being over Uriah Hall and Jack Hermanson, both unanimous decision victories. Key stat here for me, Pereira's size and his stats both suggest he's better of the two, both listed as strikers. There's three-inch advantage in height and reach with higher accuracy and permanent striking numbers than his opponent. But he also has no takedowns to his name. find that kind of interesting, but at the same time predictable for a kickboxer. In the first fight, as of this moment, there's not a fifth fight on the UFC 276 card because the Misha Tate and Warren Murphy, Warren Murphy fight was canceled due to Warren Murphy contracting COVID or being in COVID protocols. I didn't get the exact story, but something to do with them having COVID, she couldn't be on the card. So as of right now, four fights on the card. This is your very first fight. 
Sugar Sean O'Malley versus Pedro Munoz. And, oh boy, is that going to be a dandy. Uh, Sean O'Malley. I was listening to a podcast with him the other day, and he was saying how he wants to knock out Pedro Munoz and then move up the rankings fighting someone else, assuming the rankings stay the same. He said a specific name. I'm not going to quote it right now because I did not type it into my notes, and I don't remember off the top of my head. But he wants to fight someone else up in the rankings and then renegotiate a new lucrative contract. But he wants to knock both fighters out. So he's going to come out and want to fight, which he's done in four of his last five wins have all been KOTK. Or four of his last five fights have been wins and came by TKO or KO. Munoz has lost two of his last three. He, uh, he defeated Jimmy Rivera for his only victory since February of 2021 and then lost subsequently to. Jose Aldo and Dominic Cruz, all three of those fights being unanimous decisions. My key stat here, Sean O'Malley has a 6-inch advantage in height and a 7-inch advantage in reach. Munoz averages just over half a takedown per fight, so this has the makings of another fight where Sean O'Malley picks his opponent apart from distance and then counters them with short hooks when they try to get into tight exchanges. Rest of the card, we have the featured prelim, about being Brad Riddell versus Jalen Turner. Turner has won four of his last five, all with finishes, most recently a knockout win over Jamie Malarkey at UFC 272. Riddell is coming off a KO loss to Rafael Fiziev. Fiziev. See, I'm really, really bad with foreign names and F-I-Z-I-E-F. Fiziev. Anyways, Riddell came off a KO loss to Rafael Fiziev. But four wins before that one, all to the tune of the judges' scorecards. Then there's also Robbie Lawler versus Brian Barbarena. Ian Gary versus Gabe Green, which Gary is dubbed as the next Conor McGregor, just not as much of a betting favorite as in his previous fights at only minus 170. He was like minus 600 or minus 700 in his last fight. Uh, we got Jim Miller versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone. We finally get to see Donald Cowboy Cerrone fight after having two fights canceled against Joe Lozon. If you didn't hear the stories about those two fights, apparently at UFC 275, these two were supposed to fight. Um, the morning of the fight, Cowboy wakes up and has food poisoning and can't go. So they reschedule it to two weeks later for a fight night card. And after the weigh-ins... Joe Lozon is backstage putting his socks on and his knee locks on him. And he's trying to pop it back into place, which he says he's had multiple meniscus surgeries in this knee, multiple problems, multiple fixing procedures, surgeries. Tries to pop it back into place like normal and it won't go. He can't put any weight on his leg. So he actually jumps on his coach's back and acts like he's choking him just so they can carry him out and not make a scene goes to the doctor and finds out he can't go. That's the night before the fight. So that fight had to get canceled twice. And now we got Jim Miller versus Cowboy Cerrone. And boy, these two have to have the most fight time combined in the UFC, like on the active roster. I I didn't look up the official stats, but Jim Miller has been on the roster since 2008, and Cowboy Cerrone has been on the roster since 2011. So I would have been 10 when Jim Miller jumped in and... 13 when Cowboy hopped in. So, if that doesn't say anything, big yike. 
I don't know how that one's going to go. That's going to be a good one to watch, just simply for the fact that it's two old dudes punching each other in the face. Both of those guys like to fight. Neither really wants to be on the floor. They want to punch each other. They want to be up standing, clinches, boxing, matching, you know. But next fight, we got Uriah Hall and Andre Muniz. I don't have much to say for that one. Next fight, we got Jessica I and Macy Barber, which is a battle of flyweight prospects. I've read whichever one of these two ladies wins is probably going to move decently up the rankings because there's not a ton of depth in this division. But I don't know much more than that. Um, Brad Tavares versus Trikas Duplessis. I'm actually really excited for this fight. Probably the one I'm most excited for that's not on the main pay-per-view card. Simply just because Duplessis has absolutely crazy power and tends to use it over over his opponents. I don't know why I phrased it like that. He tends to use it at the most unpredictable moments. If you want a great example of this, look up his KO against Trevin Giles. Trevin Giles had him against the cage after moving away from Giles' attack. Bounced off the cage, moved forward with a left hand that just you know got Giles' hands out of the way, from got the guard messed up, got through a little bit, touched him on the face, had Giles backing up with his hands down, and came over the top, the right overhand, right on the jaw, and... Giles was on the ground before you could even say, whoa, like Joe Rogan does in the commentary box. Tavares, to me, is also kind of exciting, but it's more just who he is and not as much his fighting. But uh, he's trying to keep his momentum going after he's on a uh, two-fight win streak right now after going 3-2 and two in his last fight. He's on a two-fight win streak after being on a two-fight losing streak. So I, I'm seeing Brett Tavares trying to keep his momentum here. I... Duplessis, to me, is too unpredictable within the power department to say how this fight's going to go, but I'm probably most excited for this one just because of Duplessis or, or anything on, not on the main card. The very first fight of the night, I apologize in advance to the fighter with this name. I'm going to butcher it. Um, the first fighter is Jessica Rose Clark. The other fighter is Julia... Stoliergranko. I'm trying to sound this out the best I can. It's Julia for sure. Stoliergranko, I think is how you say her last name. I'm struggling to come up with a prediction for that one as I am struggling to pronounce the name. Jessica Rose Clark I know is supposed to be decent, but I have never seen this other girl's name before, which obviously shows that I can't say it properly. But I'm really excited for the Duplessis fight. Honestly, Probably, other than the Holloway Volkanovski fight, that's probably the fight I'm most excited about, period, to be honest with you. I'm not keen on the Adesanya Cannoneer fight, but I'm in it to win it, baby. Here's my predictions for the main card. I think, as I was just talking about it, I'll just go right to it. I think Israel Adesanya is going to win the main event. I think that Jared Cannoneer, to put this very broadly, is a more patient striker and less potent, powerful version of Paolo Costa, whom uh, Adesanya knocked out in their title fight. I think Cannonier's going to bring the fight to Izzy, but Izzy's going to elude all the bombs that Cannonier can throw at him, at least until Cannonier tires out and they're not really bombs anymore. They turn into more grenades. That's what I think. And I think Izzy's going to try to go in for the kill. I don't know if he gets it. I 
I think one of them's going to sleep, whether it's Izzy or Cannoneer, but we'll get to that a little bit here. I think Max Holloway's going to win the co-main event. I think he's going to do it this time. He should have done it last time. I think he's going to do it this time, for sure. Um, this trilogy kind of reminds me of Tito Ortiz versus Chuck Liddell, where uh, Chuck Liddell won the first two fights, and everyone just thought, oh, he must be better. We don't really need that third fight. Third fight should only be if you win one, lose one, kind of like people say Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor need a third one, simply because it's 1-1. One, one. Well, Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz had their trilogy. Chuck Liddell was 2-0 heading into that third fight. Tito Ortiz knocked him out in the third fight and got to ride off into the sunset with that win in his cap. And I think that's more satisfying than saying you won the trilogy, personally. But I think that since my my mind tells me that Max Holloway won the second fight, I think he's just going to uh, show us what he's been doing the last two fights. He's looked so much more motivated in the last two fights to me to be a better fighter and not worry about getting the title back. He said instead of wanting a title shot and being the best and all this stuff that he always says, he's been saying, I'll fight not anyone, anywhere, anytime. It's everyone, everywhere, every time is what he's been saying after he wins fights. So I, I like that mindset. I think he's, uh, he's going to show off everything he's got in this title fight. I think he's going to take it to Volk. Volk's looked great in his last two fights, though, as well. I mean, he's looked outstanding. I mean, the Korean zombie fight I talked about earlier, he pieced him up for 20 minutes before the referee stopped it, and the Korean zombie didn't even look like he was doing any damage to Volk. I th I'm pretty sure Volkanovski had more of Korean zombie's blood on him than zombie had left in his body by the time they stopped that fight. It was ridiculous. But also, I don't think that any human being can take 75 minutes worth of Max Holloway punching them in the face and not crack at some point. Which is what would happen if these guys go another five rounds together. So I'm, I'm thinking Holloway's going to get this one. I'm not saying book it. I don't think it'll be easy. I think it will be close regardless of who wins it. I think it's going to go to the judges again because neither of them really has that knockout power. Holloway got a knockdown on Volk in the second fight, but it wasn't enough to convincingly say, oh no, he's hurt. It was basically enough for Volk to drop to one knee, look up scared, and then get back to his feet was really all that it did. So I'm, I'm thinking it's going to go the distance again. Next fight, I say Sean Strickland's going to defeat Alex Pereira. I say that Strickland needs to get this fight to the ground to win it. It's plain and simple. And I think it's obvious that he needs to do it, and he at least needs to try it. Because it's that blatantly obvious that Pereira is here to kickbox. Get him to the ground and see what he can do is pretty much the strategy for me. I mean, take away both of the advantages that Pereira has, height and reach, and it's all advantage Strickland, personally. He's bigger looking, he's a tougher guy, he's taken more beatings and dished it back out in his fights. He's a guy that I would least like to get into a fight with because you have no idea what his strength is and his body doesn't suggest anything to you. He just is going to whoop you until you stop basically give up so I I really think this could be a snooze fest if uh, if Pereira doesn't get the finish but I think Strickland's going to get him down and just hold him and beat him up on the ground the best that he can either I don't think he's going to stop it do enough to stop it have the referee jump in and say no more but I think he's at least going to get it to the ground and dominate it 
That's my take if, if Pereira can't finish him. And then I think Sean O'Malley is going to defeat Pedro Munoz. First card in the main card. First fight on the main card. Woo, you are really getting the uncut version of this guy today. Munoz is listed as a Brazilian, Brazilian, Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter. But, I mean, O'Malley has such drastic advantages in height and reach, it's really hard to imagine that Pedro's even going to get close to taking down O'Malley without absorbing an extreme amount of damage on the way in. We haven't really seen O'Malley on his back outside of when he uh, messed that nerve up in his knee and got beat by TKO by Cheeto Vera. Defeated, quote-unquote, if you ask Sean. Um, but that wasn't really... That was pretty much grounded pound. It was pretty much Cheeto trying to go in for the win and end the fight more than it was trying to grapple with him. So we don't really know what O'Malley's going to do on the ground. He does Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu contests, but you never really hear if he wins them. You just kind of hear that he's going to do them or that he's practicing it. And that's kind of just it. So I'm not really sure what will happen if Munoz does get him to the ground, but I think there's too much of a reach and height advantage for O'Malley to even make it a contest. Now here's... A segment I'm just going to do if you like your little sports bets, okay? I like doing a few sports bets here and there. And since the UFC is in Las Vegas for this pay-per-view card, I thought I'd throw in some of my best bets here. So I say for Adesanya versus Cannoneer, that fight going the distance? No. Odds on that are minus 136 on FanDuel. Like I talked about above, I think these two are going to stay in a trade more than uh, any other title fight he's had. I think Cannonier likes to push the pace, or at least bring the fight to the person that he's fighting. And I, I don't think he's going to leave Adesanya alone until one of them goes to sleep, unless Adesanya scares the living bejesus out of him and has him on the ropes the entire fight, which, again, probably going to lead to a finish. Another one I've got is Sean O'Malley by KO or TKO, which is plus 160 on FanDuel. The height and reach advantages are just too much for me to overlook. I mean, seven inches in reach advantage. That's half of a Subway sandwich plus another inch of a Subway sandwich. And that, that's too much for me to bring a uh, shock takedown into the fray. And I don't think Munoz is going to pull a takedown on O'Malley. So I think that uh, O'Malley is going to turn Pedro into a punching bag, basically. And it's going to be sugar show dub, as he would say. My third best bet would be Ian Gary to win. Minus 178 on FanDuel. I just like the value because, like I said earlier, he's been minus 600, minus 700 favorites in his other fights. And Gabe Green hasn't really done anything for me to go, uh-oh, watch out for the upset. Gary showed me in his last fight he could take a shot and dish out his own. He's taller and longer than his opponent in this fight. And he also showed in the last fight he can deal damage in the clinch, take damage, and bring damage back to you on the break. I mean, I don't think it's going to be the most convincing win here as well. He's not always the most convincing guy. He just kind of does enough for you to go, ooh, he got me. But I see him. I see him. He's going to turn that win column to double digits. He's 9-0 right now. I think he's going to go 10-0. He's going to make that win column go to double digits, and he's going to keep that loss column nice and shiny, fresh, with a zippo on it. Anyway, those are all my predictions. That's my preview for the UFC 200, 276, 276 Adesanya versus Cannoneer pay-per-view this Saturday. I'll be watching. Hopefully, you'll be watching. And I will be doing a recap of this either Sunday or Monday, bringing it right back to you guys. So be on the lookout for that. 
Let me know what your picks are. Let me know what you think is going to happen. And we will discuss these bad boys on the recap. Bye-bye. Thank you.